0: Marinaro the sick podcast one Montreal Canadian received a very prestigious award last night pretty impressive considering his age two Montreal Canadians prospects are doing their thing at the world juniors looks pretty positive positive. one of them said he played against the other guy and there's no doubt in his mind who he would have taken And one NHL executive off the record tells a colleague that the previous Montreal Canadiens general manager left a mess behind. And with one goalie hurt, another goalie might be a trade target. The big question is, should the Canadians trade him or not, knowing that they too have a question mark when it comes to the health status of one of their goalies. I will tackle all this and more. I'm going on with my favorite guest in the world, Tony Maradero. He goes solo. That's me. Hey, Mosey, too. It's the Sick Podcast. Coming up.
1: Turn, Turn up your volume. Up your volume. Because you're about to listen to the sick, the sick Podcast. With Tony Maradero. The Sickest Montreal Canadiens Podcast. And
0: now, a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang. From the rafters of the famous Forum in Montreal, the Canadians win the Stanley
1: Cup. Sports Entertainment, like no other. Brought to you by 8.6 Beer, Intense by Nature, and Lacage. If the last time you went to Lacage was when the Habs won the Cup, it's time you went back to Lacage. The menu will surprise you.
0: Marinero the sick podcast brought to you by 8.6 beer intense by nature the beer for those who follow their instinct um, and live their mark in order to uh, and live their passions in order to make their mark that is and look if the last time you went to the was when it was called like casual spot it's time that you go back to the because the menu will definitely surprise you uh, there's a lot of topics I want to tackle today and what you would think would be a um, uh, a slow August day but it's not because the world junior championships are going on uh, but before we get to that, there was a sporting ceremony in Slovakia and they named the Slovakian Hockey Player of the Year. And it went to Uri Slavkovsky, who was the leading scorer at the Winter Olympics, was absolutely fantastic. I believe he was the 11th leading point getter at the World Championships. He had himself a great year. So he wins the Slovakian Hockey Player of the Year Award. What's cool is that at 18 years of age, he is the youngest ever to do so. So, I mean, if when the Canadians chose him first overall, you said, I don't know about this, a Slovakian going first overall. I mean, they've had some good players and they had Marion Gaborik and they had Marion Hosa, but first overall, I don't know. Well, this doesn't mean that it's going to legitimize, you know, make the, uh, legitimize the pick. That's the word I was looking for. Uh, but at the same time, you have to be very encouraged, knowing that he's the youngest Slovakian ever to win the award. That tells you that this guy's cut from a different cloth. He's a, he's a different breed. He's, he's a, in a special category. So I thought that was really cool. And another you know thing we could talk about is a couple of Montreal Canadians prospects. Uh, Joshua Orois has turned out to be an amazing find. you know, the Canadians drafted him. 150th overall in the 2021 draft, 150th. And uh, Joshua Roy is coming off a great season with uh, Le Phoenix de Sherbrooke, in which he scored 51 goals, 68 assists, and 119 points in the regular season. And in the playoffs, he had 23 points in 11 games. Well, Joshua Roy made the Canadian World Junior Team where he didn't make it back in the month of December when it was supposed to take place, but obviously it was postponed because of COVID. And, um, you know, he picked up a goal and three assists and 11-1 win over Slovakia, um, who doesn't have, you know, their three best players there. But nevertheless, a goal and three assists versus Slovakia. And then there's Jan Misak, who was drafted, a Czech centerman who was drafted um, 48th overall in the 2020 draft. Uh, He played a couple of games for the Laval Rocket, but last year played for the Hamilton Bulldogs of the Ontario Hockey League. Mishak, a couple of games in, has three goals and one assist. He's looking really, really good. He also scored the lone goal for the Czechs in a shootout for his team in a 4-3 shootout loss versus Finland. But reporters had a chance to catch up with Mishak after the game, and uh, this was a couple of days ago. And by the way, I think he had something like 13 shots in his first tournament game or whatever it was, it was unbelievable. Anyway, he looked really, really good a couple of games in. And they caught up with him, and they actually asked him if he thinks the Canadians made the right pick. Let's watch.
1: did you think of uh, the team uh, drafting Slavkovsky instead of
0: Wright? Did you have an opinion on that uh, back then? For me, I see Juraj uh, Slavkovsky as a really strong player. Uh, I played the whole year against Shane Wright, so uh, for me personally, uh, if I'll be GM, I would take Slavkovsky too. Wow. Wow. You know, young players, listen, hockey players usually don't say all that much on the record, right? They don't, you know, they, they, they're they very conservative and very diplomatic with their answers. For Meshach to come out and say, hey, listen, you know, I played in the OHL and I played versus Shane Wright and I would take Slavkovsky too. Now, it doesn't mean that he's right, but, um, you know, once again, there's been, uh, you know, there's, the pick was not unanimous. And, uh, you know, it probably won't be in a year or two or three or four or five or maybe 10 years from now, they're going to say, you know what? Shane Wright's the one who had the better career. Anything's possible. And all that can happen. Um, and, you know, it, it might lead people to say, oh, you know what? The Canadians made a mistake. But here you have it. Mishak, who's saying, look, I played against Shane Wright. And I take Slavkovsky. It sounds like it's his way of saying, you know what? I played against Shane Wright and I wasn't blown away. There's something to think about, huh? There's something to think about. All right, okay. Now, speaking of talking on the record and off the record, that was Meshack on the record. And now we're going to get to something off the record. But before we do, I want to let you know that if you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, please comment sick. If you're listening on audio, please leave a five-star review and write the word sick, S-I-C-K. When you comment sick, S-I-C-K, that's our way of feeling the love, and we appreciate it. So now off the record, Jimmy Murphy of Boston Hockey Now, Montreal Hockey Now joined me uh, earlier in the week right here on the SIG podcast. And he says that he spoke with an NHL executive who tells him that he thinks Kent Hughes is doing a great job of cleaning up the mess left by the guy who left. So... There's a shot at Mark Bergevin. It comes off the record, which I think sucks because anyone can say, you know what, off the record and stuff like that. If you really believe something, why don't you talk on the record? But, you know, people are scared of saying a lot of things. Um, Luckily, I don't have that problem. But, um, you know, when we're talking NHL executive, an NHL executive can mean what exactly? It can mean a GM. It can be an assistant GM. It can be a director of amateur scouting. It could be a, a director of pro scouting. Uh, it could be, uh, you know, the capologist. It could mean a lot of things. Now, some will say Mark Bergerman left the mess behind. You know, Gallagher's contract is not looking great right now. Carey Price's contract is not looking great. Petrie's contract before they traded him wasn't looking great. Josh Anderson, who knows if he's going to be able to play to that contract. Jonathan Drouin maybe didn't, or this or that, or how about Hoffman? All that stuff. I can understand someone saying that. But people need to realize a couple of things. It's not to come to Mark Bergevin's defense. It's really not. Because if you read earlier in the season, uh, Eric Engels' piece in The Athletic after talking with Jeff Gordon, you'll realize that there were a lot of things that really just um, probably got away and probably, you know, things weren't... Um, at the level they should have been at but i will say this mark bergevin wasn't given the green light to rebuild he wasn't when he sat down and they had that meeting and they had that interview and the other gm candidates had the interview that was back 10 years ago uh He was hired initially, I think May 2nd, 2012. So the interviews, let's just say they took place in April of 2012. Um, Based on what I I heard, um, a plan to rebuild was not on the table. They basically said, what are you going to do to turn this thing around? And the Canadians wanted to turn it around as quickly as possible. So he has to go out and he can't be bad for four or five years. He has to try and get to the playoffs as fast as possible And then once he gets to the playoffs, he has to try and win the Stanley Cup. So he tried to go for it and maybe cut a few corners here and there. Maybe had to overpay every now and then, all that stuff. And he did so, and they got to the final. And then if he would have stayed on board, he would have had to continue to patch because at that point, he couldn't look at his owner and say, I think we should rebuild. The owner was not going to have any part of it after he had been there for nine and a half years. But once he's replaced and they bring in Jeff Gorton, put him in charge, and then Jeff Gordon brings in Kent Hughes and hires him as his general manager, and now you have this uh, double-headed monster that is uh, Gordon and and Hughes, and I say that in a very, very nice way, by the way, uh, because I like them both a lot, but that's just the term, of course. Um, When Jeff Gordon had that meeting with uh, Jeff Molson initially, Jeff Molson probably wanted to meet with him because he had probably decided that he wanted to go the way of a rebuild because he saw the work that Jeff Gordon had did with the New York Rangers or Jeff Gordon brought it up and said, look at the work that I did with the Rangers. I mean, I looked at the Rangers and I saw too many teams in front of us and didn't think that if we patched that we would be able to be better than those teams. And I didn't think we had a real good chance of winning the Stanley Cup. I thought we had a much better chance if we're going to rebuild. And that's exactly what I think has to happen here in Montreal. So did Mark Bergevin leave a little bit of a mess behind? It's a mess if you want to rebuild knowing what's left and the contracts are left. If you were told that you had to put together a contender and go for the cup and you weren't able to do the rebuild, it gets very complicated. It gets very, very hard. So, I mean, there's something there. And now, speaking of trade, let's talk trade. Before we do, matrixhomefitness.ca, the players, by the way, uh, in about a month, they're going to report for uh, rookie camp, and then after that, it'll be the pro camp. And right now you can, they're probably on their matrix home fitness equipment, whether it's a elliptical or, or a treadmill or bike, bring it home, discover a club quality workout in the comfort of your own home. I did visit matrixhomefitness.ca. I just wish I was in their shape. All right. Okay. Uh, Jake Allen, Jake Allen's name is really starting to come up and it appears that and it's not the first time that his name has been involved in trade rumors because with such a very attractive salary of under $3 million anyone would like to add Jake Allen to their team because he's good for at least 40 games per season. The Vegas Golden Knights made it known yesterday that Max, that uh, pardon me, that Robin Lehner, I was going to say Max Pacioretty's all with an injury, and by the way, he is. He's going to have surgery to repair an Achilles tendon, but Max Pacioretty is now a Carolina Hurricane. But uh, speaking of the Vegas Golden Knights, Robin Lehner, their goalie, is out. So now think about this. Marc Andre Fleury is no longer a Vegas Golden Knight and Robin Lehner is out long term with an injury. So there's no doubt the Vegas Golden Knights, they need a goalie. So at that point, they're going to be interested in Jake Allen. Some people are probably saying, hey, Jake Allen. Yeah, you know what? Make the trade. You sign Montembeau. Carey Price is going to be your number one Jake- and uh, Montembeau is going to be your number two and acquire an asset or a prospect for Jake Allen, which, by the way, was something that Mark Bergevin did well because, you know, when someone's let go, no one wants to look back. And speaking of Mark, how about Trevor Timmons as well? I know they're not unanimous. I know they're not, but there's one thing that Bergevin did well was accumulating assets, asset management, um, trading, uh, acquiring a player, giving up a fourth round or a fifth round pick, and then holding on to that player for a year or two And then they end up trading that player for either a fourth round pick or two picks. I think they did that with Scandella, by the way, where they gave up a pick for him. And then they ended up getting two picks back for him. And they did that with a couple of players. Nate Thompson as well. I think they ended up winning in terms of asset management. They did that really well. And Joshua Arwa and Jan Misak, no one's going to say this today, but those are Trevor Timmons draft picks or under Trevor Timmons' watch. Doesn't mean they necessarily came from him, but ultimately he was the one who had final decision because he was the head of the department, even though they gave the title to uh, Shane um uh, It was um, it was Timmons who was the guy because you know they gave Timmons the title of assistant general manager, but he really was the guy who oversaw the amateur scouting and the in the entire department and stuff like that. So anyway, uh, Bergeron did a good job with asset management for the most part in a in in stockpiling picks, and it made Trevor Timmons have a lot of picks to choose from. And Misak and Roy were Trevor Timmons draft picks. Anyway, so now. Back to Jake Allen, so should the Canadians trade Jake Allen to the Vegas Golden Knights and so they're going to have price and they're going to have uh, Montembo here's the deal, even though you've heard or you read that there are one or two people that are close to the situation or close to price saying that price is uh doing great and he's going to be there in training camp and this and that i I'm not sold because I can tell you that you know, even within the Montreal Canadiens, they're not sure that Carey Price is going to be there for camp. They're not sure that Carey Price is going to be there at the beginning of the season. And they're not sure if Carey Price is going to play and if he is going to play, how many games he's going to play this season. They don't know. They really have to see what happens when he steps onto the ice and how his knee responds. So if you trade Allen and you don't have Price, then you have Montembeau. Do you bring in Cade and Primo and make him continue his development here at the National Hockey League level? Or do you make Primo see a lot of ice at the American Hockey League level with the Laval Rocket? I would have Primo one more year with Laval. And if Carey Price doesn't play, I'm okay with Jake Allen and Montembo. And if Price doesn't play, I'm okay if they trade Jake Allen and they try and acquire another goaltender. But at the same time, They don't want to get blown out either and they don't want to lose all their games. Look, the Canadians are rebuilding folks, whether you like it or not, they're rebuilding. They're not going to tell you this, but they're okay if they don't ice the best team in the league and their best just isn't good enough. And they end up losing more often than not. They're okay with that. What they're not okay with is losing 10 in a row or 12 in a row or 14 in a row or whatever it is and giving up 50 shots a game and losing every game by five or six goals. At the end of the day, they are in the business to entertain and they are in the business to sell tickets. And if they're going to lose by that much, they're not going to be selling a lot of tickets. So they would need a Jake Allen in that respect and a Samuel Montembeau so that they're in games. Because it's going to be very hard to go out and get a player, another goalie, who's not making a lot of money. We know the Canadians are trying to shave money off the cap Take a look at Allen's situation and the amount of money and the year left. It's a great situation for the Canadians to see what they'll do thereafter. So in the end, I don't think they're going to trade Jake Allen. Not just yet. I'm not sure that Carey Price is going to play. If he is going to play, I'm not so sure he's going to play a lot of them. I have my doubts. I really do. For what it's worth, I can tell you the Montreal Canadiens do as well. They're they're not certain that Carey Price is going to be back, and if he's going to be back, they're not certain when he's going to be back. So anyway, let's continue to keep an eye on junior hockey because once again, we'll follow Czech center Jan Misak and uh, Joshua Roy, um, who's, uh, out of course, out of the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League and coming off such an uh, an amazing season with uh, Le Phoenix de Sherbrooke, Sherbrooke Phoenix. And so far, it's pretty positive. But, you know, I talk about rebuild. The Canadians talk about rebuild. Folks, have you seen Connor Bedard thus far at the World Juniors? I mean, is he something or is he something? With all due respect to Shane Wright, this is another level, folks. Connor Bedard, I'm ready to say it right now. And if I'm wrong, I, I'd put money on it. Connor Bedard is going to go number one in 2023. And I know that Graham McCag says we shouldn't say that about 11 months before a draft or whatever it is, but I'm ready to say it. I, I would even, I'd put a dollar or two on it. His wrist shot right now, there probably aren't three other players in the National Hockey in the world that have a better release than this guy. I mean, Austin Matthews has an incredible release. Alex Ovechkin has an incredible release. Patrick Liney has... An incredible release. If Connor Bedard was in the National Hockey League right now, he'd be in that discussion of the top five releases in the entire National Hockey League. This guy can score goals. This guy can shoot the puck. And you know what? Yeah, there's doubts whether or not he's going to be a centerman at the National Hockey League level, especially if he doesn't grow a couple of inches. But even if this guy ends up playing wing, this guy's gonna be, this guy's gonna score 50 goals in the National Hockey League. I don't know how many seasons he's going to do it, but I'm willing to bet that at least once he's going to do it. We're, this guy's guy an incredible goal scorer. So, you know, some of you could say, Tony, what are the chances of the Canadians getting the number one pick two years in a row? Uh, probably the chances aren't great, but I'd put the chances on my side. And, um, and that's why I don't think Kent Hughes is going to add to this team. Are the Canadians going to try to lose? No. But if he doesn't add to this team, and then once they get the trade deadline, he ends up trading a veteran or two or maybe three, well, then organically, what has to happen is going to happen, like it did last year, that the Canadians just, at the end of the day, they just were not good enough, and that's why they lost more often than not, and that's why they put themselves in the best position to have the number one pick overall in the draft, which they ended up getting. And if you don't get it, uh, I got to tell you, Michkoff, Fantilli, Dvorsky, there are others. Folks, the 2023 draft is being compared to the 2003 draft. The 2003 draft, uh, according to most, is the best draft in the history of the National Hockey League. The players that came out of that draft is absolutely unbelievable. Patrice Bergeron went 45th that year. Getzloff was in that draft. Perry was in that draft. Carter was in that draft you know, the list goes on and on. It was an incredible draft. I want the Canadians to be able to once again, have a top five pick. How about even better a top three pick or let's even dream the number one pick overall two years in a row for Connor Bedard. But if they draft top three, they're gonna end up getting a superstar. And I don't know about you, but I'll take as many superstars as I can get. And then Suzuki, Caulfield, Slavkowski, and one of those top three picks in the draft, some of the young players on defense, some other players within the organization who are gonna emerge, now we're talking. Là come on, I'm Marinero. Tell your friends about the Sick Podcast on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter. Follow us and subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's absolutely free. Check it out.
1: And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by 8.6, Intense by Nature, and LaCache. If the last time you went to LaCache was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you went back to LaCache. The menu will surprise you.